0: Hey guys, it's Charles. Are you a lazy millennial like me who doesn't have the time, energy, or work ethic to actually read a book? If so, you're in luck. Head over to audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge to get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash edge. Reading is for chumps.
1: Welcome to episode 40 of the Setting the Edge podcast. I'm Justice Moschetti. You can find me on Twitter at JewMusk. I'm here with my co-host Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4 4VERTS. We're here with a very special guest, PFF Mike. You can find him on Twitter at
2: PFF underscore Mike on Twitter. What's up? What's up, guys? I'm a little sad it took till episode 40 to get me on.
0: Uh yeah, we are not. We have not been on top of our stuff lately. but <laughs> on, we're, we're gonna get back in, Yeah, know it's on me. We're gonna get back in gear. But you know, with week three of the preseason in the books, we can finally start looking towards some real football. Uh, so. We, I think now that we've played three preseason games and some starters have played more than a half in the last preseason games, we have a pretty good idea of what our teams are going to look like, what every team is going to look like really. And uh, we resourced or crowdsourced concerns from uh, the majority of the 32 teams uh, just got concerned from their fans to see what is scaring each fan about their team going into the season. And now that we have a good, snapshot of what each team looks like it'd be we thought it'd be a good idea to get mike in here to kind of add some pff numbers and see if the concerns are validated or not so let's just jump right in the first game we have was the eagles dolphins game where the eagles won 38 to 31 and we got a concern about the dolphins offensive line from phil underscore riv uh so with Laramie Tunsil kicking out the left tackle and whatever mess they have going on the interior. Should Dolphins fan be concerned about their offensive line?
2: Yes, I think they definitely should. And but the thing is, it's not really it's not really any different than it is any other year with them. They've had just a terrible offensive line for a good while now. I think that last year was probably their best and they were still graded out just around average for us. So it is definitely concerning. I think the most concerning thing to me is the fact that Laramie Tunsil did not look, you know, he didn't come in and look like a dominant left tackle even in this preseason you know he hasn't developed to that point he doesn't look as good as you know Taylor Decker Ronnie Stanley or uh, Jack Conklin any of the other first round tackles in that class so if he's not playing at a high level then you really don't have any quality starters besides maybe Mike Pouncey on that offensive line and that's really concerning at that point.
1: Ah, uh, quick question, Pf- PFF, Mike. Uh, do you think the Miami Dolphins are going to win more than four games? Because Charles McDonald, my co-host, we we just had an over/unders win totals podcast. Like mm-hmm. late, like earlier this week, and he did not mention to me at all until like an hour after we posted the damn podcast that he thought the Miami Dolphins have no chance to win more than it was, four games this year. Game. No,
0: because I hadn't seen color. That play is what yet.
1: you said. It was the most blasphemous thing I've ever I, I heard. Because I hadn't
0: seen color play yet, and then I watched him fumble two times in the first quarter and throw you know a hail mary pass up to Devontae Parker that he miraculously caught, and I was like, this is I, I think this is a step down from Tannehill. And when you look at the offensive line problems, you look at some of the issues they have in their back seven. I, I, now that I think about it, like the Jets are probably going to gift them one or two wins. So I, I think, I, I don't know, I think like 5-11, and 4-12, like I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen for this team. Because, I mean, who do they have besides, like who do they have on offense really besides Jay Ajayi and then you know that glorified running back Jarvis Landry?
2: No, it's really true. I think they are ripe for regression. What they went ten wins last year, but they were not a ten-win team last year. This was the was the other big thing? I think they were like a seven or eight-win team, like just in terms of quality of that roster. And then Jay Cutler, there's zero chance he was in the gym doing anything this offseason. You know, he he was not. He's not the guy dedicated to his craft in the first place. And he retires. I don't think he's doing anything. So I, I don't expect anything from him. And at that point if you don't have a quarterback playing at anywhere near a reasonable level with, like I said, that offensive line. And then what the other weapons they have on offense, you're there's going to be in trouble. So four wins is probably a baseline. I think they win at least four, but I could see them going six and 10 pretty easily.
0: Yeah. I thought it was funny that, uh, Bill Barnwell, he said that the dolphins had the third best supporting cast in the NFL. And I thought that that was just utterly insane
2: for offense. Yeah, Like for offense. just in terms of, Wide receivers and running backs, or is yeah, he Yeah, I was going to off say skilled
1: players. Skill players, you could sell me on that, but I don't offensive don't even line. think on, they, on skill players, oh. you could.
0: It's just, they don't really the have Giants a number good. one
2: wide receiver. It's a Jai. Devontae's fine. Yeah, it's but, a, Jai-, oh, a J- Jai. I love a Jai, but yeah.
0: It's a Jai, and then some guys at receiver because I, mean, I I I think we're all on the train that Jarvis Landry's is fairly overrated, in, and then we haven't seen anything from Devonte Parker, and I, I think Kenny Stills is a really really hit or miss guy. Like I was surprised that they had. The Dolphins over the Falcons. I don't know. That kind of surprised me a little bit.
2: I will say I don't think Jarvis Landry is necessarily overrated. He's just I don't think the slot receiver position in the NFL has anywhere near the value as the outside receiver position does in the NFL. You're just not uh, what what you're bringing to the table is not nearly as valuable as being able to beat man coverage on the outside. That to me has by far the most value. And so while Jarvis Landry, he's good in the slot, can get open, can do stuff after the catch, that just doesn't have near the value, I think. So it's kind of the splitting hairs there.
0: Now f- flipping over to the Eagles side of the ball, how do you feel about them as a team that kind of st- takes a step forward and maybe enters that conversation among NFC contenders with the Falcons, Packers, and Seahawks, uh, teams like that?
2: I feel I feel very good. about. I actually wrote an article saying they're the... Number one breakout candidate last week on the Washington Post for the NFC. I think they make the playoffs there this year. There we go. There we because, go. we're we're aligned on this. Yeah. They were, they were better than I think. Would they go seven and nine last year or six and ten? They were a much better team than that. Uh, and if you just project any sort of progression for Carson Wentz, just anything better than they had last year, which would make sense, just because you have better wide receivers, you have a better offensive line in front of him, then all of a sudden you become an unlucky. Uh, six and ten team or where they go six seven and nine last year you become an unlucky seven nine team and then you turn into a ten and six team eleven and five team i just think and then with adding ronald darby on the back end they at least have one cornerback who can cover a little bit then that's gonna with that front seven that's all they really need
1: right that that's the big thing that like last year they should have probably been a nine ten win team they ended up winning seven games i think um, and then they they added they obviously added to receiver and cornerback, which were their two weakest positions, other than quarterback. And I think, I mean, if like you said, if he takes any sort of step, and that counts as one win. I mean, you could easily see this team get into like eleven and five. I honestly think if I were to put my money on any of the bets in Vegas right now, for like as far as like. Oh, the odds for these teams in the NFC East to actually win the NFC East relative to what I think they are, my money would be all be on Philadelphia right now because I think Cowboys' schedule is hell. I think the Giants probably have a little bit of regression in them. Um, I don't think the Washington's much of anything. So I, I mm-hmm. sure like Philadelphia and the Chargers. Those are like my two big teams like that are going to progress this year.
0: All right. Well, let's move on and stay in the NFC. The next game was the Panthers beating the Jaguars. 24 to 23 we have a question from uh at k keith w15 uh he's concerned about the panthers edge rush and their secondary depth now the depth on the secondary is something i hadn't really thought about that much because i was a big fan of i'm still a big fan of james bradbury and uh daryl worley i think he's a solid i think he can be a solid number two corner but i don't know what they really have behind him besides captain munderland playing that slot corner role in their edge rush, it, like, it hasn't even been that productive for them in the past outside of Mario Addison, but they still have that defensive tackle rotation. So how do you feel about the Patriot, or not the Patriots, the Panthers' edge rush and their secondary depth?
2: I think it's fine. I think it's suitable. It's good enough to lead a defense that will go to the playoffs, especially with those linebackers. I do worry about if Zach Sanchez or Cornelder gets forced into playing time. If they have any injuries, yeah, that's obviously concerning. But if we're just talking about the guys who will be starting on the field, I I think they're more than good enough. And especially I think adding Julius Peppers was nice, too, because on third downs, he at least still has some juice. You'll be able to, you know, rush the passer till he's probably 40 with what he has. So I I think it's more than enough. You just have to be really good in other areas like they are at linebacker and like they could be offensively.
1: Right, so uh, let let's flip this to Jacksonville. I have I have nothing to talk about Carolina. I feel like <laughs> our son our son is Taylor Moten, right? We need him to play right tackle. We need him to play well. Other than that, I really have no no Carolina takes at this point. Oh, dude, uh, I was Jackson... Taylor
2: Moten train too. i had said he was the, my tra- favorite pick I, look, in the second listen, round. You could see when I tweeted at at
1: at uh I don't know is Steve your boss?
2: Uh, no. Don't don't okay. call Steve my boss. Okay.
1: okay. So, all right. Perfect. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Hopefully see you see experience. when I, I tweeted I tweeted at your boss uh, in like early October because I was watching a a uh, Corey Davis cut up and the first thing that popped up was Taylor Moten like two plays in and I was like what what the hell is this this offensive tackle doing like he's flashing on the screen the, a right tackle from the Mac should not be doing this I tweeted at him I said let's get in front of the bandwagon right now and ride this thing out and he did not pay attention to me at all. Um, I think Virginia Tech's left tackle is going to be my guy this year, as far as I've seen. But Jacksonville, all right. So that little quarterback from Arkansas—I forget his name. It's either Austin Allen or Brandon Allen. Brandon, uh, Brandon. He, he, he should be starting, right? Yes, he definitely <laughs> like, should.
2: I mean, he's like, uh, he looked by far all three the best. Of
1: those guys, and like there, there's no way that you can convince me that he's any worse than Chad Henne or Blake Bortles. No,
2: I, I thought he, I, I thought he was better than where he ended up getting drafted coming out. I thought he had was very accurate passing the ball. I know he had tiny hands or something he had like nine inch hands but i I thought he was accurate he made some bad decisions but you know everyone does in college i thought and no worse decisions than someone like blake bortles is gonna make so uh, you know what you have in henny you know what you have in bortles why not give that dude a chance he made one throw down the seam against i think it was the second preseason game that was just unreal in like the two minute drill put it in like between the safety and the linebacker and the cover two holes just nasty
1: yeah. Just Austin Allen, DD Westbrook, automatic. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get it right at some
0: point. Uh <laughs> right, let's move on to the Patriots Lions game. Well, first of all, I got the Lions look awful. I know that the final score was thirty to twenty-eight, but the for a team that's getting sold as a as another playoff contender, the Lions were completely outclassed by the Patriots. Uh and I, I I don't really get why people are still on this Lions train. They lost their second best defensive lineman, Kerry Hyder, to an Achilles injury. All they added to the defense of the offseason was Jared Davis and Tees Tabor. Uh, I I don't get the optimism around this team. Uh, no, they
1: they they added TJ Lang too, who broke his foot
0: at the market at right tackle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> it, it just it doesn't really make sense uh, that that people are still high on this team going in. Like, how do you how do you how do you see the Lions progressing this year? And would you be surprised if the Bears finished in front of them in the NFC North standings?
2: No, we, we caught so much shit last year because we kept saying every week, it's like, when are the Lions going to not actually be, you know, when are they going to stop winning games? Because grade wise, they were terrible. You know, defensively had one of the lowest graded run defenses. Their secondary did not grade out well, offensively, similar deal, the the run blocking was not very good the running backs weren't very good and we're just like when is this team going to actually come back down to earth they never really did they ended up making the playoffs but i still think from a talent perspective the grades were fairly indicative in that they really don't have a lot of talent especially in that front seven it might be the worst front seven in the nfl right now
1: Their their top returning pass rusher has three sacks and he's suspended
0: (laughs) it's not not a
1: good spot to be in not a good spot to be. In. They're start. They're starting. Uh, what's his name? Anthony Zettel, which is not not good. I think he was. How, how did he grade out for you guys? Because he graded like. I think he probably played the run worse than any defensive end that I saw, and I only graded
0: NFC defensive ends last year.
2: No, not not good at all. He was in like the forties grade wise. Just bad. <laughs> Goodness. Only played like two hundred some snaps though. So yeah,
0: and I, I think last season you saw it was the. It was a late-season game on Monday night against the Cowboys, and they just got dominated. Like in every phase of the game, and you just like, man, this is not a team that that's good or can make a, a run in the playoffs. And the DVOA DVOA wise, they had the worst defense in the league. So all you added was an off-ball linebacker. You lose, uh, you you lose Kerry Harder. You add a cornerback who runs in the four sixes, four sevens. I don't understand, but let's flip to the Patriots and uh, our pal, Joseph Namor, who we're in a dynasty league with, uh, he's concerned about the Pats pass rushing with Derek rivers going down with the torn ACL and them releasing Kony Ely. Who, who do they really have uh, as an edge rusher besides Trey flowers?
2: They really don't. I mean, maybe Dante Hightower is probably their best edge rusher and they don't, he's not an edge rusher. He's an off ball linebacker. They use him in that role sometimes. But the thing is they kind of got around it last year uh, they didn't have enough. They didn't have a good guy off the edge last year. They got around it by having guys inside who can kind of push the pocket. And what they did was they only rushed three guys uh, about 25% of the time, which was by far and away the most in the NFL. They they dropped eight into coverage, you know, on a quarter of the pass plays, which basically they didn't have an edge rusher on a quarter of their pass plays because they didn't have a guy who could get after the quarterback. So they just used someone like Shane McClellan or, you know, Calvin Noy dropping into coverage, And it worked for them. You know, they still had the top-scoring defense in the NFL. So while it would be nice to have some pass rushers, I think they're going to see more of that again this year, maybe even more uh, eight-man coverages this year because it wouldn't even behoove them to rush the guys that they have at this point.
0: It's a good thing they loaded up in the secondary. I mean, you look at Devin McCourty, Mm -hmm. Stephon Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, like those guys are are all studs. So I I think that that will help them a little bit. But I do wonder if this – I mean, not in the regular season because I, I don't they they'll, they'll have no competition in the AFC East and they should run away with the number one with the number one seed in the AFC uh, again. But I do wonder if this is a problem that comes to bite them in the butt maybe in the playoffs this year.
2: Yeah, especially when you consider it's like Oakland has one of the best offensive lines in football. The Steelers have one of the best offensive lines in football. They just might not get any pressure on guys like that. And you give Ben or Derek Carr all day that could end up coming back to haunt them so i I do agree uh, that it it is a big issue but it it was the same issue they had last year
1: so i i have a thought on on the patriots that i don't think we've talked about on this podcast so i i don't think that there's any chance that bill belichick would even ever trade for jimmy garoppolo like the way that these trades are working right with like the coney ely trade and things like that he's trading for short-term contracts like how how much do we think that like Bill Belichick is just kind of playing for, like, the next two years, and he doesn't care about anything past that because he's not—he's just, just not going to
2: be there. I feel like they would have used even more cap. They, like, still left with some cap room. I thought they would have signed even more free agents if that was the case. I mean, it's, it's, still, it's still a roster that's going to be loaded in four or five years, I'd say.
0: True. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so sick of that team. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I know. <laughs> Uh, oh. Our pal Jeff Rizzo, who covers the Lions and the Browns and the Texans, uh, he covers the Texans and Browns for the USA Today Wire sites. Uh, he wanted to. He had a question. Is Kenny Galladay Calvin 2.0 or Jeff Janis? I don't have any Kenny Galladay takes for you, so the floor is yours on that one.
2: Oh, man, it's so early. I, I really hate judging guys off of preseason football. He did look good, you know, in – Well, I think he's had like 80 some snaps, uh, which that's obviously like good. It's good if you look good in preseason. It's if you look terrible, that's bad. But you'd obviously rather a guy look good. But we've seen guys like I remember last summer, Tajay Sharp was like the Titans number one receiver for a while. And that never really came to fruition. You know, guys flash and sometimes nothing ever happens of it. So while I'm a fan of his game, he has a. NFL type body is still just way too early for me to have any sort of take on where he's going to be in his career.
1: Can't trust receivers. Okay, moving on. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right, we didn't get we didn't get any questions for the uh, Seahawks Chiefs game, but I saw an interesting question on the timeline last night. Uh, how would you guys feel if the Chiefs traded Alex Smith two first round picks to the Rams for Aaron Donald? Would that even be enough to get Aaron Donald back? <sighs>
2: That's a good question. Um, I feel like it would not be enough because Alex Smith's really doing nothing for the Rams. Like, I guess it's a quality backup, but he's costing a lot against your cap. Also, um,
1: I think the Rams have like two million dollars in cap space. Yeah, team.
0: I don't even think so, like, <laughs> they can that.
2: And it's like, and it's like two first. They, I think they already lost next year's first uh, for the Pat Mahomes trade. So now you have three straight first, three straight times without a first. I just don't think either team would do that trade, to be honest.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, the Rams, they're in a disgusting situation with their cap. They don't even have enough money to pay Aaron Donald with how they've yeah. mismanaged that situation.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know why they were throwing the farm at uh, that cornerback uh, whose name's is. Jermaine name Johnson. From, from, from Johnson, yeah.
1: And then why they, why they traded for Sammy Watkins, with a second round pick when you know Aaron Donald is on, like he's currently on a holdout and you're trading for, for uh, Sammy Watkins on an expiring deal when like, is less need going to be there in 2018? Why are you guys letting him use those picks? (laughs) Like, I, I really there's like five levels of me like not understanding. It's like you already you just paid Tavon Austin and and Robert Woods se- uh, seventy two million dollars combined. Tavon Austin this year has a higher cap hit than Tom Brady. Like
2: those I, were the like, much bigger issues. The the Woods and the Austin <laughs> deals were just out of this world. No one they were competing against no one for those deals. No one in the right minds would have given them close to that.
1: No, I I don't I don't understand this team, man. I have no idea. And then, like this, this Aaron Rodgers piece just came out on ESPN, and it's talking about how much he loves LA and things like that. Now I'm scared he's gonna end up being a Ram, like just bad, just bad things. Just I, I want no parts of this franchise at all.
0: Yeah, they're just out here, like it's a strip club, just random ones on these mediocre receivers. I, I don't, I don't understand them at all. And Les Need, it, I don't know if he's playing with house money because he knows he's not going to be there next year, so he's just kind of giving the double middle fingers on his way out by screwing up the cap and the draft picks, but it just it doesn't really make much sense but
2: I, I will say the roster would look a lot it would look like a legit roster if jared goff really turns it around the that's a big if but if they have a real deal quarterback back there all of a sudden if, if he plays would, the raiders like, every time every week yeah all of a sudden <laughs> that looks like a team that could you know win a super bowl
0: yeah that's what i was thinking when i was looking at i was looking at the rams roster yesterday and like you you remove quarterback from the equation like you you got to like their three deep at receiver uh if you even if you put Cooper Cup in over Tavon Austin and then the like the front seven isn't it's not terrible like it's it's enough to make noise in the NFC West I think like maybe mm-hmm. ruffle the feathers with the Seahawks and the Cardinals a little bit but like you said that that quarterback position is going to be huge for them uh, but let's move on to the next game Cardinals beating the uh, the Falcons 24 to 14 got a question from the, at Josh three four three four four eight do the Falcons have an issue at right guard uh. I mean, yeah, I think
2: so, too. (laughs) It's like it's no different than last year, though. It's like you had one of the best offenses in NFL history last year with Chris Chester, who was a big issue in pass protection. So it's similar to the Patriots argument. It's like, yeah, it's an issue, but you got away with it last year, and you have solid players at every other position along that O-line. So so be it.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm not really losing my mind over right guard. I also had no... I didn't expect that position to be good anyways coming into the season because you have Ben Garland who played majority defense last year and then Wes Schweitzer who was inactive for all 16 games. So, like, if you were expecting that position to be good all of a sudden, then I would just say you're delusional. So, yeah,
2: they have Schweitzer, – these- Schweitzer has graded out, like, average this preseason, though. So,
0: yeah, uh, maybe silver
2: lining there. but
0: Which is which is fine. When you have Alex yeah. Mack and Ryan Schrader surrounding him, that guy mm-hmm. doesn't need to be – a world leader exactly. But yeah, I I'm not really too concerned about that, mainly because I didn't have any expectations about it going into the season. But uh let's move on to the Bills, Ravens. No, uh, no 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 I,
1: I wanna ask you a question <laughs> real quick about the Falcons. No 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 we're we're not getting past this. Uh are you worried that Matt like about Matt Ryan just christening, you know, the uh Superdome two with an interception on his first pass?
0: No. there's no bad juju nothing there i mean he was awful in preseason game week three last year so and he went out and won mvp so i I mean he's already played well in the two games before that i think he was just just an off day for not my mvp (laughs) well he is your mvp because he did win the mvp
1: buffalo baltimore
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah the bills won 13 and nine uh Let's for before we rant about the Bills a little bit. Let's talk about the Ravens. That Ravens front seven, like I, I think that this could be a run defense that rivals like their 2000 year and their 2006 years. Like I, I think Michael Pierce, Brandon Williams, those are that, that might be the best run stopping duo in the league. And when you look at how Ty's Bowser Bowser has played this preseason, uh, man, that like that front seven looks disgusting.
2: Oh, and run defense, it does for sure. But it's like. 2017 man they really don't have any pass rus- like michael pierce is good as an interior rusher i think you'll take i think you'll be very good this year as an interior rusher but after him you have a lot of guys who i do not have a lot of confidence in to get after the passer so it, it, run defense fine like yeah do that all you want but it, unless tim williams really comes on strong or like you said tyus bowser really comes on as a rookie they don't really have anyone else like Terrell Suggs is on his last legs here
0: yeah, they, they, have a lot of, they have a lot of young guys on that defensive line. So, like, Willie Henry, Carl Davis, Chris Wormley, Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams, like, one of those guys. Like, guys, no, yeah, like, like, guys you forget.
1: Yeah, Bronson, Kafusi. like, even, like, guys like Brent Urban. Like, I forgot Brent Urban existed. He's <laughs> just, like, pulling out guys. And I'm like, I feel like Ozzy's just been stashing fourth-round picks, like, fourth-round defensive linemen for, like, four years, and they're all showing up this year.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but... Like that, that defense is going to be good, but if they walk into season with Ryan Mallett, I don't even think it matters. Like that, However long Ryan or Joe Flacco is out, I, I, I think they could probably lose every game just because Ryan Mallett's been that bad this preseason. Are you it on the so uh, the Josh Woodrum train over Ryan Mallett? Because I have some friends uh, up here in Baltimore who want Josh Woodrum to start if Joe Flacco's hurt. Have not seen a minute of Woodrum, got to be honest. All right, perfect. Can't help you there. <laughs> stats are
1: good. His stats are good. I'll say that. I know that.
0: Uh, all right, let's skip the Giants-Jets game. Or actually, no, let's come back and talk about the Bills. Uh, Stephen Colley he said he's concerned because half of the roster got traded for a future promise of a ham sandwich. I don't. I still don't understand why they're blowing this thing up because I I thought that they weren't. You know, I thought that they were in a position to be a wild card team this year, and then they traded Sammy Watkins and. Ronald Darby and then they nuked like everything that Tyrod does well from that offense. And it, I mean, it looks like Nathan Peterman has a chance to get some play time fairly early in the season. So like how do you feel about that Bills passing offense?
2: No, it's gonna be a big issue. I I think that offense is gonna take a huge step back. I thought what they you know, schematically what they did last year was perfectly tailored to sort of the talent that they had in terms of they didn't really have great receivers, but they had a good uh, a quarterback who could run, a good running back, and a solid offensive line, and so they built it around the running game. This year, it looks like they're going to make him play under center. They're going to make him not do uh, lo- as much option stuff, and all of a sudden, you're neutering what he does best, Tyrod Taylor. And I, I really see them taking a huge step back offensively. Uh, I- I'm not surprised though that they blew it up because it was kind of a good, not great roster. Like it was the team that goes ten and six for like three straight years, but never really actually gets the Super Bowl. Uh, Is the kind of roster they had so if you're a new GM going into a place like that, I can see why you'd want to You kind of buy yourself time by Saying I'm gonna do it my way you get you know Then that four or five years to then build everything your way and you have all these picks to do it So I'm not surprised that they did do it, but they're not gonna be good this year, man
1: No, so let's talk let's talk a little bit about some other things that have happened in Buffalo this week so uh, Marshall Darius got in trouble, right? So he didn't end up playing in the game. They kept LaShawn McCoy in until like the very end of the game. Tyrod Taylor right now, his NEA is worse than mine. I'm averaging more yards per attempt than Tyrod Taylor is this, this, uh, offs, or this preseason. Nathan Peterman came in for him because he got injured. Then Nathan Peterman immediately called Buffalo a graveyard for quarterbacks. And Jerry Hughes told either fans or the media, I can't remember which one of them, to go play in traffic. So like th- this this tank is going way better than the Jets' tank. Like this team might not win <laughs> a game. Like this team might kill each other.
2: Dude, like you ha like if you're a guy on a roster like that and you think uh, like you were saying this is a team that could have gone to the playoffs if they had kept it intact and all intact and all of a sudden you see all your good players get traded away, you have to be pissed. You have to be like, what the hell's going on? Like like, like I w- you have every right to be upset, you know?
0: Yeah, and I don't understand what they're doing by. You know, fine. You're going with the youth movement, uh, which is fine because I, I think, like you said, if you're a new GM and you look across the division, you see, you know, the juggernaut that New England has. You realistically know you have no shot to to beat them or get you know win the division while Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are there, but. Why are you getting rid of Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby and going with the youth movement everywhere else, but then keeping an aging defensive line? I, I, that, that defensive line is good, but why not try to ship off Darius or Hughes to see if you can get some, some extra picks there? Because now you just seem like you're, you're just wasting the season of their career when you could just get future assets for them.
2: Yeah. The Darby thing kind of made sense schematically because McDermott is like so zone heavier. He was the most zone heavy defense coordinator when he was with the Panthers and Darby just, he's more of a man corner than anything else. He did not look good in zone coverage uh, last year when they ran a lot of it in Buffalo. So I I can understand that, but like you mentioned, yeah, trade some of that D line. I I get that. No one would probably take Marcel Darius, but someone would take Jerry Hughes for sure. You could probably get a pretty good haul for him. So, uh, yeah, it, Who they're trading away, especially the Sammy Watkins trade, it's like that's a number one receiver. You're really just going to get rid of a guy like that just because you don't feel like paying him next year. That one didn't make sense to me whatsoever.
0: Yeah, free Tyrod. I I just hate what they've they've done with that offense. They they took out the triple option. They took out the deep ball. And as much as I like Tyrod and think that he can be a a starting quarterback in this league, he's not a guy that's going to win. With like timing over the middle or hitting those short routes on the outside, he, he's, he's got to run and be able to hit that deep ball. Now he doesn't really have anybody that can do that for him with, with Sammy Watkins on, but
2: yeah, man, they neutered him. As well, yeah. yeah,
0: enough crying about the Bills. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's skip the Giants Jets game. I, I don't really think there's much to talk about there. Uh, let's talk about the Colts Steelers game. Colts won 19 15. Uh, at Ben on football is concerned about the Steelers backup quarterback situation, which I get because. Ben Roethlisberger does tend to miss a game or two per year. Uh, yes. And Josh Dobbs has not been good this uh, this preseason at all.
2: That's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and, and
0: obviously Landry Jones is just – he's
2: not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's not a guy you even want touching the field in the NFL. So, yeah, you should be concerned because Roethlisberger – I mean, he was debating retirement. Another guy similar to Jay Cutler where I don't think he's keeping himself in impeccable shape every offseason. So – there's the risk of him getting injured just increases every single year. Landry Jones probably gonna have to play some time here, and that's a little concerning, a lot concerning actually.
1: Not great. I know, like when you look at yards versus versus expectation, like Josh Dobbs is having the worst, the worst preseason of anyone, and then it's followed up by Tyrod. <sighs> not, not good. Hor- horrible for your brand, man. Just I the know. worst. Yeah, me. And I think Joe I think Card right Card Cardell or something was third.
0: You were a Dobbs fan, Charles? No, but people call me John oh. Dobbs. Oh, that man,
2: makes it, yeah. a lot of sense. Okay. <laughs> what, are you, <laughs> no,
1: are tra- I, what are you trying I mean, to say? It makes a lot of sense.
0: Makes more sense than <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does not make a lot of sense, but it, it does make more sense. Yeah. I've even, when I talked to Dobbs, he was like, man, we don't even look that much alike. I was like, <laughs> these people are racist. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All black people look the same. Uh, do we have any Colts takes? Any, anything we want to get off about the Colts besides they might be like Jets tier without Andrew Luck?
2: Dude, that's the thing. It's like, is Luck even going to – is he going to play? Like, is this going to be 2015 Andrew Luck where, yeah, he plays, but then the shoulder's so bad that he's just horse crap the whole time? Like, I, I'd be very concerned if I was a Colts fan because your roster is, one, not good, and then, two, your quarterback just can't stay on the field. That's, like, those are the two things you kind of need to win games.
0: Yeah, I wonder what they do here because let's say – Andrew Luck has a 10 week injury. Do you just put him on IR and punt the season and get rid of Chuck Pagano?
1: Well like <laughs> wait by by week by week 11, by week 11 or week 12 of Scott Tolzien, you're going to be out of the playoff hunt. Oh, so yeah, it doesn't it, yeah. does it doesn't matter. You might as well put him on IR.
2: Yeah, just it's, Yeah, I mean, you probably do. Like I, I don't see why they kept Pagano this is the big thing. It's like that that kind of just seems like you're punting this year. I would have blown it up last year, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I was hoping that they. uh I mean, I'm a big Luck fan, so I was hoping that they had uh, signed Kyle Shanahan because I think yeah, like, he would have been. Yeah, that's awesome. what I want to. He would have been awesome in that offense, like the way he can run and throw on the run. But they they kept Chuck Pagano for some ungodly reason, and, and I think Chris Ballis Chris ballad's the right guy, at GM, but. It, it, it's gonna take more than one off to kind of rebuild that team. Year one of the rebuild. Yeah, if, if luck. you're one. If luck can't play, then that that's a team that's that's gonna be picking the top five of the draft because they, they just don't have any talent. And we just saw Vontae Davis just get hurt yesterday. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the Browns Bucks game. The Browns won thirteen to nine. Uh, Jonathan M. Dennis. Jonathan M. Dennis is concerned about the Browns secondary. They cut Joe Hayden today, but it's not like he was going to be uh, a, a big contributor anyway. So he says, "Browns secondary, BBC." <laughs> 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 or, excuse me. <laughs> about to lose our sponsorship. <laughs> Which is uh, Briam Bowdy, Bowdy Calhoun, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamar Taylor are decent CBs And Peppers looks like he will be good But that leaves two positions in nickel So how concerned should Browns fans be About this secondary Or should they not really be concerned Because they knew it was going to be a terrible unit all along
2: No I mean I think you want to be Again as bad as possible this year If you're the Browns get as many high draft picks Again because like I've been saying all, This is not your year if you're the Browns You're close but this is not going to be it So it behooves you to still not win games This year to get high draft picks uh, but my biggest criticism of the Browns over the last two years, they've, uh, I love what they've done in terms of acquiring draft picks, uh, acquire as much talent as possible, but they've completely ignored the cornerback position in the draft. I think they've taken one in the past two drafts. And it was like in the they sixth round, had like
1: 50 picks
2: and they've had, yeah, that's the thing. They've had so <laughs> many picks. It's like draft six cornerbacks. If you hit on three, all of a sudden you have a good pass defense, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to have a good pass defense in the NFL. All you need is three good cornerbacks. You can have, you can be bad basically almost anywhere else. If you have three good corners, you have a good pass defense. I, I just don't see why the Browns didn't uh, follow that strategy a little.
0: Especially that year when Hugh Jackson first got there, or maybe it was yeah, it was his first offseason there, and they drafted how many receivers did they draft last year? Like five. With Corey yeah. Coleman, Ricardo Lewis, Rashad Higgins, and then uh like Seth the Valve, he's he's playing tight end, and then somebody else, I don't remember. But, Jordan Payton. Right, Jordan Payton. So like how can you draft all those guys and then not address cornerback at all? And they didn't address cornerback really this year either. So I, I, I think that I I think they're maybe just trying to keep tanking and losing uh draft picks, but that front seven looks like it, it's gonna it's gonna be the real deal this year.
2: Oh man, I love watching Miles Garrett in the preseason was so much fun. I was so happy that he came in and dominated because I think Sam at PFF Sam had been like trashing him in terms of (laughs) him like struggling right away. And I'm like, dude, there's no chance he struggles right away. Like, have you seen the guy move like on a football field? So he looked he looked like he's gonna be you know top five sort of guy right away, which is dope to see. All
1: right, let's go there. How many how many pass rushers just guesstimate that you would take over Miles Garrett right now?
2: So, Let's do this. like, all defensive line or just edge guys?
1: Uh, edge guys. Let's just go edge guys. We'll count I, Bosa. We won't count Watt or uh, Michael Bennett.
2: Okay, that's fair. So, I'll go Khalil Mack, Von Miller. Uh, still going to take Bosa over him just because we've seen him do it for a full season here. Um, man, I, I would have said Justin Houston in his prime, but... He's he looks washed, huh? Just, yeah, he, he yeah
1: does
2: dude. Look uh, and I'd probably take Brandon Graham. And then after that uh, it's like mm, that's about it where i'd really uh, there's a conversation after that
1: i'm with you so someone was like let's wait for him to play a game first i told them i waited three games before i said (laughs) something like that so
0: (laughs) (laughs) like what he did to eric flowers in that giants game was bordering bordering on assault i mean (laughs) he's 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 an animal it's just cool to see the browns like they finally are headed in the right direction they finally have some real talent on defense. It looks like they have a talented quarterback. Uh, I'm excited to see them try and get out, get out of the cellar over the next few years. And I, I think that the the Browns defense are kind of going to be like the inverse of the Falcons defense last year, where the Falcons they had a bad front seven and a pretty good secondary, but it, it was still like a fun unit to watch, even if they gave up a, a lot of yards. And I think the Browns are going to be the opposite of that, where they have a, a pretty fun, pretty good front seven, bad uh bad secondary but you know it, it's still a fun defense to watch because they have a lot of young exciting fast players uh growing on that side of the ball
2: that's a good take i like that take
0: all right uh let's see let's talk about Justin's favorite team the los angeles chargers they beat the rams 21 Our chargers nuts and bolts
1: baby yeah
0: okay you are chargers uh i are are we have a listener at el trenza 93 He's concerned about the Chargers' depth on the offensive line and at running back. We've talked about running back uh, on the show a few times. Like, they don't really have anybody behind.
1: The the two Los
0: Angeles teams have the worst running back depth in the league, I think. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. But what about the Chargers' offensive line? We know they lost four-slamp to a torn ACL, but are we concerned about the rest of that entire unit?
2: Oh, I mean, you should definitely be concerned if you're a Chargers fan. That's just every single year. (laughs) You should be concerned, I think. Uh, their pass blocking efficiency as a unit, I looked this up, they haven't finished above 29th in the past three seasons. So three years of just one of the worst offensive lines uh, in the league. Russell Kuhn helps. Uh, I think Dan Feeney helps, but it's like they just get, guys get injured every year. It seems like they're playing, having to have a new starting five week in and week out, and it just never works. So... Is this year going to be different? I think it's going to be better. I do think it's going to be at least they have a close to an average, maybe a slightly below average O-line, but I, I wouldn't get my hopes too high because it's the Chargers and every year it seems to go downhill for them.
1: Are you guys? Uh, are you guys concerned about uh, just your your grade scale in general relative to what Philip Rivers has been doing this this preseason? If he continues to through the regular season, I'm not sure your computers can keep up with his efficiency.
2: Oh my God. Dude, he's lighting it up, which I, <laughs> on I love. Fire, just, just thrashing people, man. I I can't wait. He really gets a bad rap because, like I said, he has had a terrible, just a terrible hand dealt to him for a huge stretch of time, and that just has to weigh on a quarterback so hard. To be under as much pressure as he is weekly. Like, we saw games last year where he just kind of gave up in the fourth quarter. He just couldn't take it anymore, he just started throwing the ball like as soon as he would get it because he didn't want to get hit anymore, which that's not where you want your quarterback to be at mentally. So, if they can just get him away from that, you know, just get him to where he's still trying in the fourth quarter, I think they'll be in a much better position than they were last year.
0: Yeah, that, that game where they had nine sacks against the Browns and still lost is just like the most Chargers game of all time. How do you lose a game where you have nine sacks? Like, how's it even possible?
2: It's the Chargers, man. Yeah. That was the Mike McCoy era. Yeah,
0: hashtag some Chargers shit. I'm, I'm running with that hashtag all season long. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Cowboys and Raiders game. Uh, at Dak Moyer, he's a Cowboys fan. He concern, he's concerned about their defensive line, and I, I think rightfully so because – they don't really have any star guys on that defensive line. But I have a question for you. How was Taco Charlton graded out for you guys this preseason?
2: Ooh, uh, I haven't even looked at Taco Charlton. Let me let me take a look real quick. Bad, really bad podcasting right here, uh, but I can give you. Oh, pre- pretty well, actually. Taco Charlton has a, a pretty good grade as a pass rusher. Two sacks, two more hurries uh, in 30 or so, 40 pass rushes. So not actually too bad. So there.
0: I I always wonder. I
2: haven't seen him, so there's my in-depth analysis.
0: (laughs) Very fair. I always wonder what it would be like if Rod Marinelli Marinelli actually got like some super talented defensive lineman down in Dallas. Because, I mean, for for what he's been given, like Malik Collins, Taco Charlton, Demarcus Lawrence, I I think he's done a pretty good job. Obviously, losing someone like Randy Gregory hurts a lot, but I I would just love to see Rod Marinelli get some freak athlete down there just to just to see what he could do with that.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the results were good last year, but they were, I think, bottom five in the league in terms of pressure rate on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, Like, they don't have good pass rushers still along that offensive line. So, uh, I mean, they still had a solid defense, but they did it despite that defensive line, I'd say.
1: Absolutely. Like, Malik Collins was either like a sack away from leading or led the Cowboys in sacks last year? He
0: did. Because
1: they were rotating their DN so much. Like, and I, I, he wasn't even like a 16-game starter either. He was a kid, and he was super raw coming out of uh, Nebraska. I mean, he was kind of a guy like Eddie Vanderdales was, where like he just basically spun and had hips, and like Rod Marinelli just kind of made it work. So, And, and like, did, did, he, did Millie Collins even grade out well for you guys? Was he more of like he was basically a pass-rushing three for you?
2: Yeah, he he was all pass rushes, run defense. Yeah. Grade was I think it was the worst run defense grade in the that was like had of defense. D tackle
1: version of d tackle version of like Yannick Ngakwe. Yes, basically,
2: yeah. it's a very good comp.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I I think Malik Collins he didn't lead the Cowboys in sacks last year with four. So, uh, it, it, ooh, it, some yeah. Lions numbers.
2: Yeah, it, that, that Yannick Ngakwe thing though was funny. I, I when he uh. He quote tweeted Mike Mayock calling him uh, last year, calling him a pass rusher only. <laughs> and he was like, by far our lowest graded run, uh, edge rusher in <laughs> run defense. And he was like, yeah, dude, you still should be a pass rusher only. Sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, let's flip to the Raiders, though. At Curse of Spin is concerned about the Raiders linebackers. Will they ever be able to cover a tight end? I I I think that, or, or Justice and I, we've been on the record together saying that this Raiders defense is definitely going to hold that team back this year. Outside of Khalil Mack, they don't have too much. Saints. Yeah, how much of Khalil Mack? They don't have too much going on on that side of the ball, and that those linebackers, those are going to be the Achilles heel of that defense once again, along with a, a poor secondary. So, how, how much do you think that that Raiders defense will cripple the cripple their chances of repeating as uh, like a wild card team?
2: It's going to be an issue. It's going to be a huge issue. What they really have to do is kind of take the. It's a cowboys blueprint from a season ago where you have to play ball control and score like you have to have a top three offense and control the ball to where teams get worried when they get behind and get forced into passing the ball because and you know they're gonna pass the ball because if you know you're in a tight game where a team can be balanced against you, I, I just don't see how this defense is gonna hold up. They they don't they can't play both run and pass. They don't have they just don't have the talent to do it.
1: I think uh, the DNs, other than Khalil Mack on that team, I think they they have a career sack total of, like, two and a half sacks or something like that. And right now they're 29th in first half, first half uh, defensive points of the preseason. So sa- safe to say, like, this, this Raiders team isn't getting better anytime soon on that side of the ball.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's hit on t- with two more games. We're going to talk about the Broncos-Packers game and the Vikings-49ers game. Uh, let's start off with the Broncos-Packers uh, at Hart at gland hand Bart says average at best QB play from Trevor Simeon and having a, having to wait a year for Chad Kelly to take over. That's his concern. And I know justice was a big Chad Kelly fan, Coming out of the draft, oh big, <laughs> oh relative
1: relative to me being like Brad Kaya isn't on my board, and I don't want any of these other quarterbacks. My board is five quarterbacks deep, and he is my fifth quarterback. Let's let's not let's not. He was
0: my he was the last quarterback on my on my draftable board. Let's say that. Right, so is Chad Kelly the best quarterback on this roster though? Like, is that a possibility?
2: <sighs> this year, probably not, just because Simeon is at least well versed in in terms of having played in the NFL. I think Chad Kelly was in for a big transition. That offense they ran at Ole Miss was uh, jokingly uh, – simply I think he ran like RPOs like 50% of the time, it seemed like, there at Ole Miss. So, uh, That's not intended. I, I, <laughs> I, I think he was going to be a big transition. But I, I will say I I thought Chad Kelly was draftable as well just in terms of on-field performance. Uh, I, I liked his athleticism. I liked uh, in ter- some of the throws he made down the field. So uh, I do agree with Justice that he – may have been the fifth-best quarterback in this draft. But oh. uh, I, Trevor Simeon might not even give you average play here. They're they really behind the eight ball. I, I think the Broncos are another team where I look at them and just think, how did they get better from a season ago and can't really find a spot that they actually did?
1: They got they got worse at edge rusher, I can tell you that, with all the injuries and DeMarcus Ware going. and Their defense is getting a little chippy. Charles, you see that? Uh, keep to lead. Yep. Akeem Tlaib and uh, Todd Davis. Akeem Tlaib stepped up to him and they got a little chippy and he, he turned Todd Davis into a Mexican. It was crazy. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. Are, are you I did on, not see this. Are you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, are you on the, the, uh, the Paxson Lynch's done train?
2: Yes. Oh, if you're not beating out Trevor. Like, they had to. It had to be so far and away Trevor Simeon ahead of them for them to declare him the starter because. You will not – you don't sit a first-round quarterback for two straight years uh, to play a guy like Trevor Sim, like a guy who's not, legitimately not good at quarterback you, unless the gap is really that wide. So uh, if you're not doing it in year two, Paxton Lynch, I, I don't think it's ever coming around for him.
1: Blake but. Bortles keeps getting second chances, and they won't give Paxton Lynch like a legitimate first chance. So that's how I know it's yeah. over.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. This one's for Justice at Russell D. Max 17 is concerned about the Packers offensive line depth and their pass rush. How concerned are you about that team? They
1: suck. They're not very good. Um, Jason Spriggs still can't stop an inside move to for the life of him. It's year three on me being aware of, of Jason Spriggs not being able to stop that inside move. Uh, other than that, That's I mean, so there's that there's, he's like the only notable offensive lineman on that team. Uh, That's not a starter right now. Um, as far as the pass rushers are concerned, uh, my son Vince Beagle was hurt. Uh, Clay might be banged up. I think Nick Perry got, got banged up at some point during this preseason, too. Um, Jaron Ron Elliott is banged up. So right now, like their, their backups right now are uh, Reggie Gilbert, who actually, if you could look up the grade on Reggie Gilbert, that'd be dope because I, I like him a lot. But it seems like uh, he's just starting to work in with the second team, and then Kyle Fackrell, who looks like he's running on stilts all the time. So like <laughs> they're bringing in them bringing in Ahmad Brooks is not surprising to me at all. Like if Ahmad Brooks comes, like the 49ers fans were talking about, he's washed. I don't care how washed he is, he's he's outside linebacker three, and he's starting if Clay Clay goes down because this this pass rushing unit is horrible. Like we're there, there's like one injury, like a reshuffle away from like Dean Lowry starting at like outside linebacker.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I, if if the Packers signed to mob Brooks I don't think there's any doubt that he's making that team uh no matter how wash 49ers fans say he is he's no up. I want
1: Kylo Fackerel gone bro <laughs> Kylo
0: Fackrell was the dumbest pick
2: we were at I the senior hated Bowl
0: that pick Ky- too
1: Kyler but... Fackrell was like a 25 year old at the senior Bowl and they asked him because he was a converted safety from high school they asked him like point blank to his face like like as a as a as a standing outside linebacker would you rather blitz after the quarterback or drop back into coverage he said drop back into coverage and I was like I am out I am out instantly and then the Packers had to go go draft him. Like, the one unathletic linebacker that they've ever drafted was him.
2: I was not a fan of the pick either. I, I, he wasn't even that productive uh, at Utah no. State, was it? At, yeah, at, he, like, was,
1: he was, like, super good as, like, a redshirt sophomore or
2: something. Yeah, and, and like, he was going up against tackles that – like you should be every time beating if you're an NFL caliber player and he, he wasn't. So that was probably my biggest worry. Uh, Rich Gilbert though 10th best pass rushing grade of any edge guy this preseason.
1: There we go. Nice. See man my, my eyes don't lie. These are gifted eyes. <laughs>
0: Alright let's hit on to the last game that we're going to talk about. Vikings uh, beat the 49ers in the Thriller 32 to 31. My father Kyle Shanahan has that first team offense and CJ Beathard outperforming my expectations i think uh, but the concern from henry outperforming, outperforming matt ryan's mvp season okay yeah yeah in the preseason <laughs> let's, be, let's yeah. look listen count it uh, at henry elizondo says the 49ers cbs are no good am i wrong
2: uh, you're not wrong. I don't think they're... They're, they're also young, though. You don't know, have Akela Witherspoon, who's a rookie. Uh, Rashard Robinson, second year. It, you just, it takes a while to be a good cornerback. Not a lot of guys come into the league and can get it done right away. So uh, I, they've flashed both. I think Rashard Robinson had some good games last year, and I love his deep speed, and I think he's perfect for that scheme. They both are in terms of the cover three, being able to press and whatnot. They have the length to do it, but yeah, it just takes a while. So like they, they'll struggle this year the yeah. 49ers that's for
0: sure and with Rashard Robinson he was out of football for two years before he even got yeah that too so he he was essentially he was really behind the curve last year so I, I think he's still got a ways to go before he gets uh, way back up to speed and uh at Tyler Habick about the Vikings he says the Viking starters on both sides of the of the ball have mostly looked bad should is this something that he should be concerned about the Vikings uh maybe not living up to expectations this year
2: I'm not sure what expectations are for them, or playoffs the expectations. I think they have a good roster, but it's the defense is still worrisome. Anthony Barr still doesn't look like the Anthony Barr we saw the first two years of his career, which that's probably the most worrisome thing, because he kind of keyed that defense in terms of what he did from a blitzing standpoint and also being able to cover you know tight ends and running backs. He was fantastic at that two years ago, and then last year all of a sudden, it just disappeared. So uh, unless he gets back to that level, that's going to be concerning. And then you think of the chance that Terrence Newman repeats the season he had last year at 38 years old. It just, I I think they, that defense could another one where it's like, how did they get better? I'm looking at it and I I don't really see where.
0: Now I have a question for you. How have uh, Riley Reef and Mike Remmers graded this preseason? Because I, I thought that like I didn't think they were world beaters or anything, but I thought that if they were able to put up average play, that 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 would really open up that Vikings offense a lot because they had you know horrible. It, it was like the three of us going out there and playing offensive line for them last year. So I, I think like I thought that they if they were able to give them average offensive play, that would help them with Dalvin Cook and help them with Sam Bradford. But just from the eye test, it looks like those two guys have been struggling a lot this preseason, and, and they look like sunk cost investments already.
2: No, Remmers has two sacks uh, already. He's graded really poorly, but uh, Reef's only played sixteen snaps, so uh, a jury's out on him. But it, he was fine last year. Like he's the probably the baseline to where, if you have a guy at tackle like him, you don't feel like you need to upgrade. You, you know, you feel like you're okay with it. Reef, I, I that's what I'd call Reef as like the baseline of being comfortable with your tackle.
0: And that's probably like two times better than what they had last year.
2: Yes. Oh man, T.J. Clemmings was a joke in some games.
0: All right. Uh, before we let you go, thank you for coming on, but do you have anything that you want to plug that, you, uh, that you're that you working on right now?
2: Yeah, go ahead and check me out on the PFF podcast. Uh, I do that weekly. I'm going to be debuting a new podcast uh, on the PFF channel during the season, so be t- stay tuned for that. Follow me on Twitter, PFF underscore Mike, and make sure you go check out uh, PFF Edge and PFF Elite. They are our New subscription services. Elite is the old signature stats that you guys probably remember that we used to give out, uh, took away. Now they're back. It's called PFF Elite. And they're, we think they're the best fancy tools on the market, so go ahead and uh, check those out, guys.
0: What's the, uh, what's the price point on those?
2: Thirty nine ninety nine for Edge, 200 bucks for Elite, but if you leave a five-star review on the PFF podcast and leave your Twitter handle, we do a weekly drawing for Elite winners, so could, uh, could get you a free one.
0: All right, that sounds good. Justin, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I know you put something up today on uh, right. setandedge.com.
1: Uh, I just wrote a thing about Matt Stafford, and basically it, it, it's kind of a piece about like Joe Flacco, too, and how it's kind of stupid to compare those contracts because Baltimore's issue with Joe Flacco isn't that it costs a lot. It's that he's not good at football, um, and those are very distinct problems. Uh, other than that, Not really. I think I have something going up on Bleacher Report at some point for the first time in like six months this week. And then just five-star review, steal your girl's phone, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, steal your mom's phone, subscribe from there too. Five-star reviews only. We're beating Peter King, I think, still, and we want to keep it that way? Yes, we are. That's what I'm talking about.
0: So that's, that's pretty much it. All right, so that will conclude episode 40 of uh, Setting the Edge. I can't believe we actually got to 40 because this podcast was extremely spontaneous when it started. But we're 40 episodes in. Thanks for rocking with us so far. We'll be back uh, later this week to talk about the Max Safford contract and Jim Harbaugh's podcast that he's coming up with.